rehearse are empty and the stages are all dark We can't be asked to make sourdough when they've locked our local park We're a pair of nosy parkers with not much to do So we've called up some of our performer friends and recorded them on Zoom Curtain twitchers We're curtain twitchers Hello, welcome to the second episode of Curtain Twitchers, the podcast in which we, George and Liv, a.k.a. Bourgeois and Maurice, get nosy about the lives of other performers in lockdown. Liv, who is our guest this week? Well, that's a good question. Thank you so much for asking. You're really Um, welcome. It is none other than theatre maker, director, cabaret performer, tinker tailor, soldier sailor, Ursula Martinez. Not spy. No, we will. If she was, we wouldn't say. Yes. So, she's not. Um, Ursula began making solo work, not spy work, theatre work in the mid-90s on the London cabaret and club scene. Um, She was an original cast member of the cabaret phenomenon Le Clique and La Soiree and is an associate artist with Ducky, with whom she created the Olivier award-winning C'est Ducky. And most importantly, I believe, until quite recently, she was also your neighbour. She was, yeah. She lived upstairs in the same block. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, And we'd often, you know, meet on the stairs and stuff. Um, And one time we um, had a chat whilst we were looking at a human poo that someone had done on our stairwell. That was lovely. Yeah. God, halcyon times. Um, So Ursula directed Lucy McCormick's smash hit show Triple Threat uh, and its follow-up Post Popular and uh, she's very well known for her hanky-panky routine, which takes the art of striptease into very funny and quite unexpected places. Indeed. Um, and her most recent show, A Family Outing 20 Years On, has taken her on tour with her mother, um, whom she performs with. And it's here with her mother in Spain that we chat to her during lockdown. So just a reminder that this series is recorded in lockdown on Zoom, so the sound can be a little bit variable. Um, so shall we? Let's do it. OK. Curtain twitchers. With hers and twitches. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> That's a difficult, difficult yeah. um, question to answer. I mean, so, well, so you ju- I just got to Barcelona on Saturday night. Oh, you're in Barcelona now. I'm in Barcelona, so I've just come to see Pilar and be with Pilar for a month. So we haven't seen each other for three months. Whoa. Oh, wow. That's hard. And I've been down in Almeria looking after my mom. Yeah. And I, you know, I <clears throat> I got a bit of a tip-off from a journalist that I know in Spain that said borders are going to close. If you want to be with your mom, you really should, I recommend you get there quick. Whoa. That was like, that was on the 15th of March at midday. I went online, I bought a ticket and I was out at 6 p.m. And then I was just like looking after my mum and I just, I just very quickly accepted the situation. It's like, this, this is my life right now. It's like my, one minute, you know, I'm a hustling artist in London town and traveling and all off to Toronto this weekend, off to Berlin next month and doing this, doing that and a bit directing here and a bit of this, bit of that. Thinking I'm the cat's whiskers. And the next minute, I'm, you know, cooking breakfast, lunch and supper for my 84-year-old mum with dementia in the south of Spain and um, not seeing anyone and not being allowed, not having anywhere near the same freedoms as in London. Right. Mm. You couldn't go out for a walk. Right. It was really hard lockdown. You could if you had a dog. Oh, my God. (laughs) So 
you can get one. <laughs> oh, there was all sorts of funny things on the internet of people pulling, you know, sort of dogs on wheels or people. <laughs> People putting dog leads on their cats and the yeah, elves. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. So how long was that? Was like a good eight weeks or something before? Yeah, that was a good few, few months. Um, and and I just and but I honestly I just totally accepted the situation. This this is what I'm doing right now. There was also like a a weird sort of other kind of like layer going on and that I was supposed to be touring uh, with my mum. I had gigs in May and June and then another one at the, in the, at the South Bank in September doing the show with my mum. Yeah. Mm. Um, I got a bit of, of cancellation fees and I, was, and, and I was supposed to have been with my mum except touring without yeah. shows. And I was like, well, this is... This is this is what this is what I have to do now is be with my mum and the work has been cancelled. I've got a bit of cancellation fees for, for some of the gigs, um, so I'm actually instead of doing the show, I'm actually sort of being paid a minimum wage right now to sort of like be here and look after my mum. That's how I just kind of looked at it, yeah, and, uh, just accepted it. So then the lockdown is finished and I'm sort of like a bit free to go and go and see my girlfriend. I'm totally excited to see my girlfriend, but I totally had like weird Stockholm syndrome anxiety about it all as well. It's like, I understood my life. It's this simple. I cook breakfast, I clear the table, I wash up. I cook lunch, I clear the table, I wash up. I cook dinner, clear the table, I wash up. I pick up dirty clothes, put them in the washing machine, hang them up. I sit and chat with my mum for a bit. I go and do the shopping. And it's like I absolutely knew what my existence was about. 100% understanding. Mm. When do you ever have 100% understanding of what your life is about? <laughs> was it? Like, how was that? Did that feel like, compared to the sort of constant movement of your life before, did it feel like... Was it refreshing in any way or was it? Yes, it was was boring and refreshing. Mm. (laughs) Two words that don't often go together. (laughs) Or refreshingly refreshingly boring. (laughs) (laughs) The name of everyone's new show. (laughs) (laughs) Refreshingly boring or boringly refreshing. I don't know. Yeah, and it was about that. It was about well, I, I, I know what this is. It's it has it's it's limited. It has Mm. parameters. Um, uh, but I, I understand it, and that's what was refreshing. Is to, yeah, I could get a bit existential about what am I doing here, but no, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I'm looking after my mom. Yeah. Whenever I tried to get a bit existential, the reality was so clear that I was, I was, it couldn't even allow me to go there. In Maybe, a way, like, is that like having a baby? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Actually, I was, I've said this a couple of times, like my experience of lockdown was like, in lots of ways, it wasn't that em- emotional or strange. It was because I just had, right now I've got to do something every minute of, of the day. Oh, it's, yeah, because you're a child. Yeah. You can't be existential. 
I mean, yeah, I suppose you can if you're really committed. Yeah. <laughs> if you're really, really committed, you'll find a way. I suppose yeah. I'm only half committed to being existential, so I couldn't find a way. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been following you on Twitter and your mum's tweets and your mum's comments seem quite existential. Like, so oh, I guess, no, she, she, she now, she's she's it. <laughs> She's existential. <laughs> I'm a bit behind on those. I've got a few. I've got a few. That what she said just the day before I left. She said, "I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember if we had lunch or, or not." And I said, "No, no, no. We haven't had lunch." Oh, but that's why I can't remember. How am I supposed to remember if we had lunch if we did not have lunch? <laughs> It's <laughs> such a good question. Really, really valid. <laughs> I can't remember. It's because we didn't have it. <laughs> Not having a memory of something <laughs> because it didn't happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Great. Yeah. Um, so we really wanted to talk to you just because we've been talking a lot about performing and then therefore suddenly not performing and the change like you just described that the change of life suddenly and obviously for you such a big change going to the to look after your mum your mum and and literally it happened it was also such a big change but it also happened like that it's like I'm going online I'm buying a flight that that, that was it that was out yeah no, like, oh, my, I might spend, I think I should go and see my mum. Maybe I'll spend... Oh, no, 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 no. You know, it's just not, not have a last minute, you know, like, drink, goodbye drinks with anyone, or it was just like, bang, out of here. Having been, like, what, what is it about being a performer and performing? Like, why why were we doing it? Like, why, what, <laughs> like, why do it? There you go, that's the whole existential. It's yeah. like, when do you ever really understand your life, understand why you're doing it, what you're doing, who is it for, what you're saying, what is it all about? Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's a constant sort of little voice in your head, isn't it? Yeah, this thing that you've just sort of took for granted. This is what I do. I am. I got. I've been performing. I started performing, and I'm going to carry on performing. And then that you can't do it anymore. And it's a real question around, yeah, parts of yourself. And there's something really interesting about live performance and us as live performers, and the internet, and this pressure that we've certainly felt to be translating our work onto into digital formats of some kind. Yeah, because with the um, hanky-panky routine and when that went online, what I found really interesting is when you've spoken about the, the fact that you lost control of the context of that work and that was the, that's, the work itself didn't change. It was just the context and how suddenly it was being viewed in completely different ways. And whether you've thought, given the kind of current lack of venues, would you put any of your work that ex- already exists online or would you make anything specific for online? I don't think I put any of the work that exists online now for the sake of putting it online when it has not been sort of made or treated or conceived um, to be put online. Mm-hmm. Um, only because I think it, you know it will fail if it hasn't yeah. you know yeah. been been conceived in that way. Um, you know, and who's who's going to watch it if it's not, you know, yeah, made made for that context. Yeah. Um, I had a little go at some um, 
filming me and my mum actually do, re- reading reading our our little conversations and our little exchanges. Um, and yeah, it didn't it didn't quite work just because it's hard for my mum to capture that, uh, that 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 playful spontaneity that she has doing it for real um, rather than reading it. So reading it, well, it kind of, it sort of like lacked its kind of cheeky sort of like play mm. because because it's, um, yeah, it's reconstructing it. And I can reconstruct it easier than her with a sort of actor's head on it. Mm. Um, so I, I, might have, I might have another go at that. Uh, but that was also a little bit I was thinking of um, because the gigs that we had that were cancelled, you know, a lot of people have said, well, if you've got anything online that we can give to our audiences to, in this kind of like void of this cancelled Brighton Festival or whatever. Yeah. So I had that I had that head on um, only because there was sort of like half a demand for it. Not sure that I w- I'm not sure that would have occurred to me otherwise. So I was thinking, oh, what can I give them? What can I give the Brighton Festival? What can I give the Bee Festival in Birmingham? What can yeah? Um, I'm not sure that w- I'm not sure that would have occurred to me. I would have I would have bothered to think about it. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we've I felt similar, and it's interesting, like what you yeah say about your mum struggling with reconstructing. I think like that's actually what I've struggled with the not having the audience actually there in the moment making the like the playfulness between the two of us and the ad-libbing sort of like jokey jokey like that that's really hard to find that energy without another group of people yeah like Mm -hmm. an audience to some extent kind of directs your work doesn't it but what I find when we're performing the way an audience is responding you'll change things a little bit and tweak things in the moment accordingly and when you're just faced with the screen you don't get any of that in a way it's kind of I suppose you could argue it's a bit purer because you're just going to do exactly what you want to do for that audience yeah whereas when you're in a live performance you might sort of like oh they like this bit I'm just going to do this bit a little. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah when, whenever we've made anything for online in the last sort of few weeks we, we've just felt really nervous about it afterwards just like is this good I don't know if there's any good we sort of sent it to producers being like be really honest is it really bad oh my god don't put it out I'm really sorry we're going to delete it get rid of it like, <laughs> and there's all this insecurity that suddenly comes in where you think god what why am I so bloody fragile <laughs> in terms of knowing what I do and don't want and don't and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've even found that just with, you know, like bloody tweets and bloody Instagram and sort of like agonising over, over you know, the word and. <laughs> and or but or and slash but. Yeah, it's got to have given more focus to everything because there's less to do, I guess, around. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of, I've just, I've, yeah, I've almost completely done no social media because I just found it too, like, cripplingly, like, anxiety-making, really. I suppose social media does sort of have that same thing as well, though, of, like, yeah, like you say, you kind of agonise over the wording of it and then you, you think you've got it and you press send and then you just look quickly at your notifications just uh, yeah. what the response is. <laughs> and then you might you I'm not going to look at it again like 15 minutes later you might just look again just to see and then it's the, that audience response does start to dictate to you whether it reinforces to you whether that was good or not 
um, Absolutely. a similar thing. Yeah. I mean, that must be quite interesting as well when you're... It's your applause, isn't it? It's your yeah. clap answer. With the show that you were making, that you did with your mum, that you made with your mum, I think I read something you'd said that, like, the thing that lockdown also brought into question about that was just whether that will ever be able to happen again just because of the timing and the kind of... And, like, that added another kind of level of sadness. Sadness, yeah, 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 yeah. That that was... This This was This was going to be our... This was going to be our last... Um, our last little outing for a family outing. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's, like, people have, like, lost gigs and, like, you know, we made this big show that we finished in Manchester just before lockdown and then it's like, oh, what's going to happen with it now? It might not happen again or it might but did you perform it did you manage yeah, yeah, yeah we were we, really lucky we, we like finished on the 14th of march or something and wow. then we got the, venue on the 16th. but like the the kind of bittersweetness of it finishing and then not knowing now but that's very different like because yeah i had a i had a um i had a really nice really nice um gig at the south bank which was um it was actually a sort of little festival of me oh, wow. <laughs> it was going to be called um Ursula Martinez the summer collection oh wow uh, and it was August sort of end of August into the beginning of September and it was four consecutive weeks of um four pieces of work sort of um, attached either my work or sort of like associated with me or attached oh my name is attached to it so the first week was going to be, oh yeah, free admission with the wall. The second week was going to be um, Lucy's show, Triple Threat. Um, the third show was going to be Wild Boar. And then the last show was going to be the show with my mum. That was going to be at the, at the Purcell Room. Like That was like a nice little sort of little kind of retrospective, you know, here's the oeuvre of Ursa Martinez. Um, and obviously that's cancelled, and which is really sad. Also, it's like a little bit sad. It was just about to go uh, online and press announced, uh, like, on the 20th of March. Oh, oh my God. So what is even annoying, so it's annoying that it never got to be announced. So I've never been able to, I've never been able to announce its cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like so close to getting announced. So nobody, know, nobody knows it was ever going to happen. <laughs> oh, so that's really sad. That yeah. is really sad. Because I feel sad now and I feel like I can share my sadness with you that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. You haven't had anyone else. <laughs> like, no one will go, oh, that's such a shame. <laughs> well, it's a shame you had your big season cancelled. Oh, that sounded so exciting. Yeah, no, nothing. Um... And that can't that that can't happen uh, again. Well, because again, with the, the show, my mom can't happen. But um, you know, some things are programmed in the future. Mm. So, and then there's lots of things cancelled. So there's never that there's never that gap. To yeah. Put 
everything that was cancelled in the future. There's only little gaps. So everything has to be, everything that was cancelled has to be cut back, paired back. So they said, in January, we might be able to put one of your shows on and which would it be if you were to decide which show? I, I, my, my, I, I said Wild Boar, if we can just only have one show. Oh, yeah. That's um, Wild Boar. And I was also thinking, if like, if like, if that's my if that's my first gig back, you know, my first live performance after all this, I might want to have my mates around me. On yeah, <laughs> it's weird because I was just as you you know talking about cancelled shows, and you know, I wonder if it's quite a unique predicament that kind of kind of theatre makers and theatre performers, perhaps musicians, find themselves in, in the sense that. You know, the, when we make work, especially yourself, which is very personal work, it's very kind of, and then so all the energy and the kind of into making the work, for then that to be cancelled, it, it the kind of that like actual emotional impact that has, and whether not to say that people in other jobs don't have any passion in their work, but like, is that is it a unique predicament that we're in? That because the because the, the thought of not doing our show again is genuinely very tragic to me inside obviously there are globally other gigs lined up for it we didn't have any specific dates in it but it was like all the conversations around it you know have just gone and whether it ever like you say the timing and whether the space has the momentum gone yeah yeah exactly it it was kind of galvanizing and it was getting into some sort of exciting conversations that was really feeling like oh yeah this is like work yes Felt like a lifetime. Oh, sure you'll be able to pick that up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hope. Yeah, but de- definitely the sort of. But like you say, with your festival, it's not. It's that. Yeah, you know, no, that's that's that that's that's an opportunity um, gone that that can't um, come back. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel sad about that. Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm accepting of it, hmm. um, but I feel sad about it. Definitely. We were talking to David Hoyle as well about um, performance and he was like saying how not being able to do it is kind of like really affecting him in lots of different ways. And I just wondered if not having that action, not performing and making the work, do you feel like that's had any, like, has that affected you in any way during this time? I'm not, I'm not sure that I have a, a need for applause and um and a live audience um but but I'm but I'm also optimistic that that will happen at some point so if somebody said to me you can never ever get on a stage ever again I think that, that that might be difficult information to receive. <laughs> <laughs> might have to sit you down first. <laughs> I need a stiff drink. <laughs> but I am optimistic. So 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 yes, I I don't need it in in I don't I don't think I need it in my life um, to to help me feel sane or to. Um, to, to, to fill a, a need or a gap or something um, in the everyday or in the in the continuous, but but yes, it is what I do. It, it is what I do for a living, and uh, um, yeah, you know, I put, put put a lot of work put a lot of work into it. Yeah, you know, 
to get that get the experience to sort of like make me a bit good at it. Yeah. You are a bit good. You are a bit a good. Bit, good. Bit, yeah. But I wouldn't want I wouldn't I wouldn't want to stop. But I'm optimistic that yeah. that yeah, at some point I'll be back on a stage doing something, spouting yeah. something. We were saying as well, like that, like the future, because everyone's saying, oh, you know, if, is this going to change the way that theatres are and change the performance and change the way we make work? And well, yeah, whether it will or whether we will, this is a brief sign of pause and then we'll get back to things in a performance manner. I don't mean like the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we were, when we were talking about, about the South Bank and about the cancellation and then when it can possibly come back and if it comes back or if it comes back. Oh, yeah, but it's like if it comes back, but with some sort of like social distancing in terms of, you know, seating and the, all, all, there's all that stuff that is financially not viable if they yeah. can only have 30% capacity. And then it's like, well, yeah, well, and, you know, and then take something like... Um, uh, Lucy's show and Lucy's work about you know well then you can't well you can't you can't crowd surf because there's enough crowd to surf and even the small crowd that there is you can't crowd surf with them because you're not allowed to touch them and then what the, and then presumably you know the actors you know might not be allowed to snog on stage or you know put fingers up their asses um, and so so then then, then what then what were you left with yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite if, if, all, if all those provocations and excitement and dynamics, you know, like are not allowed, you know, on top of the fact that you've got a, uh, a, a, an auditorium, you know, at thirty percent capacity, and like what that what that does to sort of kill an atmosphere. And, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I, I guess you know, solo performances, you know. Uh, are safe <laughs> duos are out yeah. <laughs> duos out well, yeah. we might be okay because I think there's a rule about um, singers have to be six metres away from each other and Portia and Maurice was pretty separate from yeah. each other uh, yeah 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 you, natural you, social distances you can have you know what you like they have in the, in the in the shops here in Spain <laughs> and the perspex thing in front of your piano around you <laughs> <laughs> I think Maurice would quite like that yeah actually. definitely <laughs> Hermetically see the on stage, but but yes, I'm not. You know, but I'm in terms of like you know back to that thing about yeah, feeling optimistic that will come back. I'm also I, I you know I'm not I'm I'm not a person um, who who's ever sort of like in a hurry in that sense. And I you know like I take quite a long time between shows to make shows, and there's not like I need to get back on, need to make a new show, need to this. So. Um, in that sense, I'm able to cope uh, um, with this period of uncertainty, uh, and maybe that's because of a, an inherent kind of um, patience um, that I have, or, or not, or time is, is. I'm okay with time. Mm. Yeah, patience. That's a good yeah word actually for this time because that's what I've struggled with having. <laughs> Not, <laughs> I'm not, but just the uncertainty of what not knowing what's coming up has made me feel more like, oh, I've got to be hurried about things when <laughs> it's like, I should be the opposite. I've got all the time <laughs> moment. But it's like, now's not the time to hurry. No, no, it's not the time to hurry. No, hurrying is not your friend right now. Because then you make strange decisions and do something just for the sake of doing it whether yeah it was actually the what we, we want to make or what we want to do I yeah don't, I don't 
I don't actually haven't taken the time to think through the process that I would in a kind of un before these times. Um, yeah, and I think there'll be certainly like lots of all of us will kind of come out of this period with ideas of things that we want to say and it may or may not relate to COVID but it will be things that we've thought but we maybe don't know what they are right now because I think everyone's experience and it also even if it doesn't relate directly it might relate indirectly it might have put you in a different just it might have put you in a in a different kind of space or zone or energy which then informs the work that you do even if it's not directly about yeah, and sometimes, often without even realising it, sometimes we've done that and gone back once we've finished a show and gone, oh, of course, because that happened a year before we made this show. And now that's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think also, like, we, I've kind of, because th- Port Romney's, people always, it's about, like, the kind of contemporaneness of our songs and our lyrics and what we, our references. And so I think... I felt this pressure of like, this is like the biggest moment that's happening that we should be, we should you have to write the ultimate coronavirus song. How many times have you put coronavirus in the rhyming dictionary? And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's actually the complete opposite of actually the way we work. Is it, the, the perception is that we kind of, oh, this is happening, let's write a song, let's put it out. When in fact, we take a very long time thinking about words and what we want to say like far far longer than we probably should mm. so the, the ability to just like oh this has happened let's write a song let's record it and put it out it's just not this is just not what we actually do but the kind of I don't know sometimes I felt this pressure of this perception of that is what we do so oh we should be should be writing a song but also the last thing I actually want to write a song about at the moment is COVID <laughs> it's like not not on I don't want to talk about that mm-hmm. well it's a but yeah it's very kind of interesting isn't it because I guess we've all got this outlet we, yeah. we've sort of been offered this outlet of the internet basically that's your outlet if you if you feel like you want to put something out and then we've all got the time well I, but I don't know if you have because you've been you know looking after your mum and yeah, I haven't had as much time as as, uh, as you might think actually well you'll know it's a full-time job sort of like caring for somebody and, and you know cooking and cleaning and mm. yeah yeah. So I've got a bit more free time now, as because I'm here in Barcelona um, for a month. Um, so yeah, this feels like a, a new. It feels like a new chapter. It does feel like what? what I, this is not at all performance related, but having been in Spain for all of lockdown, what's the kind of reaction to the UK's situation over there? Is there a? Do you get a sense of how kind of Spanish people view the UK react? Um, reaction to uh, well I think there was like uh, uh, because at one point Spain had the highest death rates and the highest cases and yeah. so it was you know it was perceived as the oh, they've really fucked up so I think there was a sense of relief that the country fucked up more <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. We, and we, we did it we really did yeah. fuck up more I think that's oh yeah oh yeah, <laughs> it was like it wasn't just oh we've done a little bit worse. It's like oh they've really yeah we've really gone over and above. It's uh, really yeah that's what it's what it's felt like to me and it's like yeah it's been it's been tough here but uh, and and, the, and it's a very um, uh, divided nation in that sort of uh, right and left you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, Democrats, Republics, uh, Remainers, Leavers, mm. there's a real 
kind of divide that's kind of, well, that's very current at the moment, isn't it? Uh, but to me, it seems like there has been like so much more clarity from um, the government. Like they set out this thing, like this, a sort of six week kind of program of this is going to be phase one and it's going to start on this day and the rules of phase one are this, this, this and this and each province has to meet the agreements of that phase in order to pass the next phase and in order to pass that and it was really, really clear and really laid out and like when Boris Johnson went on the telly that one Sunday night at 7pm and said, as from tomorrow, non-essential work, you know, can kind of be, be reinstated but obviously main Maintaining the guidelines of social distancing. You can't say that at 7 pm on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but as from tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> with the rules of social distancing and this and that, and ideally don't travel by tube, and ideally this. Uh, look, people need to get a, a carpenter in to reconfigure the workspace. People need to buy a bicycle. People need to organise childcare. People need to... It's like, that needs a bit of advance warning. Yeah. And it's really just made people just stop doing anything that the government say. Like, any, there's no rules. Like, they keep saying, oh, we're going to be easing this restriction. We're like, well, everyone's already eased that now. Don't worry, we're ahead of you. Don't worry, we've done it, <laughs> no, it's felt like it's felt like madness to me from from afar. What's been going on in the UK? It's felt like, it's felt like madness here as well. I think I feel like ev- apart from the US and Brazil, every other country seems to have had a system that has actually they followed, and people have seemed to, however divided, have kind of felt like they know they're doing it and they know what they're doing it for. Here it's felt a bit like sort of keeping up appearances. Just, like, <laughs> just sort of say something and look like you're doing it. Um, it doesn't really matter what you actually do. But <laughs> they stopped testing as well. They were testing people and then they stopped. <laughs> it's like, oh, did we're, it? Not, we're not going to... We did some and now we're going to stop. <laughs> it's like, well, it makes the figures go up, doesn't it? That's what Trump is like saying now. Ease on the testing. That's why our, that's why our cases are so high. Right. That's really sensible. Yes. You know, so that it's not even about trying to, you know, trying to learn and find out the more cases, the more cases you, you have and know, the more you can understand, the more yeah. patterns emerge, the more, no, okay, but we don't want to be seen to be having too many cases, so let's, let's, yeah. let's calm down on the testing mm. so that we know less. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The less we know, the more we can obviously fuck up. Because we didn't know. So yeah. We didn't know. We didn't make an error. We just didn't have the information. It's a bit like your mum. Like, <laughs> I think one of the questions we had, which was very broad, um, and you don't have to answer it because I don't know how I'd answer it, was just like, what? why do you perform? <laughs> that's the question we keep asking ourselves. <laughs> But also you direct, so, I mean, you just generally tell stories, don't you? Would you, how do you see yourself as a theatre maker? Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and telling stories, that also sounds weird just just because um, I, I never do anything that's particularly uh, narrative-based. The word story, I always find difficult. Um, uh, but, but, yes, in a broad sense, I suppose it is. Um... Well, I mean, it's sort of like, 
why why do it why do anything well you sort of you've got to do something haven't you <laughs> yeah there's a lot of time to fill <laughs> in life in life you know or we're not even got to you know they say you shouldn't say shoulds um <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful to do something yeah. isn't it and to earn a living doing something you enjoy hmm is 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 a good start in life. Yeah. Like, why do anything? Why be a hairdresser? Why be a graphic designer? Why be? I mean, yeah. Why be a doctor? That's probably a bit easier because you want to say you want to help people. Um, a hairdresser. Well, I want people to have nice hair. That's also, you know, a valid uh, answer. <laughs> uh, why? Yeah. Why be a performer? Because of what you know. Is it because I want to entertain or I want people to be entertained or I want to provoke thought or um, I don't know. Why do I perform? I perform because because it it's more helpful to do something than not do something and it's more helpful to do something that you enjoy and that you're good at. Um, and maybe that's why I do it. And to to provoke thought and to challenge rules a bit and challenge the status quo and infiltrate the status quo with things that push boundaries a bit further out. What people see, uh, on the podcast won't see is the hand movements you just did there, which were really... <laughs> Boundary pushing. Boundary um, pushing. <laughs> One of the things that I did really enjoy, we we both really enjoyed today when we were Googling you, was that your Wikipedia photo isn't you. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you just Google Ursula Martinez. Google Ursula Martinez. I don't know if you can see. I don't know if I can show you on my laptop screen. I don't think it will. Wow. There's some, some of you next to her. But... Yeah. But there's a lady. I mean, she's got curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not oh, she's, you. She's Ursula Martinez, PhD, Moffitt Cancer Centre, which is interesting. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I thought maybe this was you kind of creating a new sort of digital artwork that was all about sort of illusions online and... Questioning the notion of identity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but hopefully we, you will be at the South Bank in 2021 in some form in some form or other yeah and hopefully you'll get to do your show again yeah 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 and if not we'll just write another one it was a big musical it was a big massive musical that took a long time to write yeah (laughs) what's it called it's called insane animals that's right yeah um yeah i hope i I feel positive i feel and i feel significantly more positive since speaking to you actually yeah like, yeah, thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's optimistic. It's going to happen. Um, it's got to happen on stages somewhere. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of buildings otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very, uh, it's depressing the, the, you know, the number of articles I'm reading about theatres that can't survive, that are going to close, that are not yeah. going to make it through to the other side. And yeah. Mm. We'll see. Oh, so nice to see you guys. Nice to see you.
Do you think you'll come after you've been in Barcelona? Are you planning to come back to the UK or any time no. soon? No. Why Stay would I come back in August? I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a bit of um. Well, everything's a bit up in the air, but I've got some directing work kind of like kicking back in sort of end of September. Mm. So that's potentially when I'll come back. Um, there's no point coming back before then. No. And then it's like post-Brexit. Oh, God. I, I, you know, in theory, I might not be allowed to do this. God. So you don't have a Spanish passport? No. I'm um, seriously, me and my sister are seriously looking into it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like post-Brexit, like I might not be allowed to, to do what I need to apply for a, a visa to stay more than three months or whatever, it, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like that's, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other. That's a whole other, Yeah. A whole other podcast. A whole other podcast. <laughs> the Brexit conversations. Joy's got a Lithuanian passport and a British passport. Oh, like, good. That's yeah. great. We really made sure mm. <laughs> to get that. Because you wouldn't know at the time, you know. It was only because she was born post-Brexit. We were like, got to get that child a European passport. Yeah. Oh my God. She was born post-Brexit, yeah. I mean, hopefully by the time she's like 10, we'll be back in the EU. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Yeah. Tomash is your partner. Uh, Thomas. Yeah, does he? He doesn't have a British passport. Or he doesn't have a British passport, but he now has right to remain. He had to apply for it. Yeah, but yeah, he's got that. that. And that's permanent right to remain. No, no. If he leaves for more than five years. It it becomes it, that, it, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, permanent. Permanent. If he doesn't do that. Yeah. 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 And he could go like somewhere like we could, he could go and live in Lithuania for like four and a half years and then come right. back. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's not. Um, yeah, permanent unless he leaves for for, for five years. And lives right, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. we, you know, there's always ways you can get around that. Just be on my council tax, my parents' house or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's not going in the podcast because that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for talking to us. It's so oh, nice to see so you lovely. and yeah, and chat. Just before you go, because you're in London and I'm so far away, and it's like I'm so disconnected. What are you doing now for the rest of the day? Rest of the day, well, we're going to have some lunch now. I think. Yeah. Um, then we're going to speak to Justin Vivian Bond later. Are you in yes. New York? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Wow. So this, so that'll be really interesting. So yeah, it's, it's a work day for you. It's a work it's day. A work yeah. Day. So, yeah. What about you? Uh, I've got shit loads of emails to catch up on and uh, a writing uh, assignment that um, Laura Bridgman, you know Laura Bridgman, the Butch Monologues. Oh, oh yes, yes. Yeah. It's given me a sort of writing assignment about um, growing up queer. Yeah, I've got a deadline for this Friday. Oh, great. Oh, deadlines are good. Oh, I miss deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck with right. that. Yeah, thanks. Nice to see you both. Yeah, you nice too. To see you sometime, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. 
Ah, that was the one and only Ursula Martinez. Thank you for listening. Um, Next time on Curtain Twitches, we'll be chatting to writer and performer Travis Alabanza about their lockdown experience um, and their fabulous collection of eyewear. My eye doctor, I've got really bad eyesight, like really, really bad. And my eye doctor was like, um, you need to stop wearing contact lenses. I was like, I can't, it doesn't go with the show. Like I can't be on stage with glasses. (laughs) And then lockdown happened. I was like, well, this is my chance to like give my eyes a rest. I stopped smoking when lockdown started as well. And I was like, this is good because I need to save money because what's the job? Well, no, I just funneled the money into Paulette eyewear. (laughs) (laughs) A new addiction. I've got 20 a day, just going to change the... (laughs) (laughs) That's Travis Alabanza coming up next time on Curtain Twitches. Uh, Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, share. Share. Yeah. Tell us if you're listening. Yeah, or you know, all that jazz that you're supposed to say at the end of podcasts. Definitely. It's nice to know we're not just shouting into the void. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Curtain Twitchers. We're Curtain Twitchers. Twitchers.